Oral questions by members? Leader of the Official Opposition. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, the Premier made headlines uh, when he claimed that he would take over management of the downtown east side last year. And late last year, we'll all remember, he even made an announcement standing on an empty lot on Main Street promising housing units by March to end the encampments. But as usual, NDP announcements do not equal results. They never equal results. And both the promised housing and the Premier are nowhere to be seen and missing in action. In fact, it's the Mayor of Vancouver and the Council that have showed the leadership in dismantling those tent cities and getting rid of the challenges that were being faced in the downtown core of Vancouver. But because the Premier has failed to do his part, that means that yesterday Vancouver, quote, couldn't commit to housing evicted residents, end of quote. The violence and the chaos on communities throughout this province has never been worse than it is today. And without housing available, those tent encampments will simply move to another park or neighbourhood. So my question to the Premier is, how can anyone trust any of the Premier's empty announcements when the results are never there when people need them? Minister of Housing. Thank you, Honourable Speaker, and thank the uh, member across the way for the, uh, the question. Uh, no doubt uh, the situation, uh, in particular around the Hastings encampment, is a challenging one, and yesterday was a challenging, challenging day. Uh, I can say to the member that, yes, we did step up uh, to say we are going to be taking an important role, not only in the downtown east side, but addressing housing issues across the province, Honourable Speaker. The challenges on, that we're seeing around the encampment, that, this is not a one-year, two-year, three-year problem. This is a problem that's been building on decades. Okay? This is a challenge that uh, we have, as a province, I think, not seen enough leadership to address, Honourable Speaker. And so uh, I can share with the member that yesterday uh, the city uh, took uh, uh, some actions on the downtown east side. Um, part of that, uh, our staff on the ground worked around the clock to find uh, enough housing for everyone that said that they needed housing. Uh, in fact, uh, I can share with the members today that we have now enough housing, uh, enough shelter spaces available for those that are in the encampments. Um, we, uh, we have connected with the City of Vancouver staff. They will be uh, talking to every individual, asking them if they need uh, access to shelter, and we have shelter space available. So that's positive news. I can also share with the member that um, we were slated to have about 100 units, uh, 98 units opening uh, this month. We got occupancy permit for that, and uh, we'll be moving people from shelters into the new 98 units uh, over the coming days as well. Leader of the official opposition, supplemental. Well, thank you, Mr. Speaker, and I rarely agree with the Housing Minister, but I'll certainly agree with him that there hasn't been enough leadership on this over the last six years. I would remind the member that you've been in government, this is your second term and your sixth care. year, and we still have not seen... Apparently I touched the nerve over here. The fact... Members... Yeah, member will ask through the chair a question. That's Thank you, Mr. Speaker. They've had six years, Mr. Speaker, to deal with this. And the Premier says, and I quote, it's a sad day. And the current housing minister 
admitted yesterday in question period that he only learned about the leadership by the mayor and council at the same time that the media was being notified. That's not leadership. In fact, that's called leading from behind. And right now we need a province and a premier that knows how to lead in front and help deal with it, not just in Vancouver, but in every community in the province of British Columbia. They talk about these housing units. They, they never appear and never materialize. And the reality is those tent cities just move from one location to another. In fact, that's actually now official NDP government policy. The NDP's, well, wait for it. The NDP's downtown east side provincial partnership plan working document actually says it right there. Quote, some people may not transition to indoor options. As such, there is a need to ensure that parks or other outdoor shelter options are made known. End of quote. Three years ago, the Premier was a housing minister that was tasked in his mandate letter to address homeless encampments, and he failed to do his job. He's now the Premier, and he's personally responsible for the current failures and the never-ending tent cities that are plaguing communities right throughout this province. So my question is, to the Minister of Housing, who apparently is going to take these questions, since they failed to ensure that the housing is there when it's needed for those in the downtown east side, where is the next neighbourhood or park going to be that the tent cities are going to be moving to? Minister of Housing. Uh, thank you, Honourable Speaker. Um, we have been working with the City of Vancouver for months now. The Mayor has said it several times that he appreciates the support, the work we're doing to build uh, the housing. Uh, we work with them to uh, identify additional sites. We've got 98 units coming because of the collaboration. We were able to work with them to increase density on some of the projects that we've already got when it comes to supportive housing, Honourable Speaker. That's the type of collaboration we wanted to see with them and, uh, and we've got that. Honourable Speaker, I think it's important to note that, <clears throat> that first that the challenge around encampments is uh, not only a challenge only in BC, this is a challenge being felt across the country. Uh, ministers from across the country are talking about the, the shift they've seen coming out of the pandemic, the additional pressures they've seen and what that means for their communities. And it's an issue that's being dealt with, uh, that's being uh, uh, challenged communities across the US. Every single community is dealing with similar issues, Honorable Speaker. Our view is we need to get people in the shelters, we need to get people in the housing. Honourable Speaker, and we're doing that. I shared an update with the member. We have enough shelter spaces. It's our belief that the shelter spaces are safer than the encampments. We've always said from the beginning that encampments are not safe. We didn't, we've always said that from the beginning, but we need to get people in the shelters and then do the assessments and then give people other opportunities. But Honourable Speaker, for the member to suggest that uh, this is uh, um, a problem that just arrived and that we haven't taken it off back. Honourable Speaker, they were in government for 16 years, Honourable Speaker. No. no. Oh, he says there was nobody that was uh, homeless. He says there was no one that was homeless, Honourable Speaker. The leader of opposition says nobody was homeless at the time when he was in government. That is, uh, that is absolutely false. He members, can stand up members. and correct himself, Honourable Speaker. But there's a reason why they didn't take action when they were in government, Honourable Speaker. There's a reason why they didn't take action. And the answer, oh, they're saying thank you. You're not, you can thank me after I tell you what, you're, what, the, what the president Numbers. of the B.C. Liberal Party, 
okay, or whatever they're going to call themselves said. He said, we should focus on the 60% and essentially not bother on some demographics that will not like you or absolutely never will support us. You know, like homeless people or people dependent on social supports. Honorable Speaker, that's why for decades there was no investments in housing to support the most vulnerable people in this province. Member. Member for City South. Mr. Speaker, this government loves to try to share the blame by saying that things are bad everywhere. But the reality is, is that the unhoused crisis, the mental health and addictions crisis is nowhere worse than it is today in British Columbia. And today, the Premier admits, quote, we have in the past moved people directly from encampments into housing and it didn't end well, end quote. But the only apparent plan is to go right back to warehousing people with severe mental health and severe addictions issues, and it's not going to end well again. This Premier is warehousing people with severe mental health and putting them in hotels that aren't safe without proper supports. The 24-hour supports that he claims exist are just someone staffing the front lobby. No nurses no medical professionals, and no help. In 2020, the Premier paid half a million dollars per room to warehouse people in the old Howard Johnson Hotel on Granville Street. And since then, police have been called to the site 2,494 times, including 751 calls last year, according to the Vancouver Police Department. When will the Premier stop warehousing vulnerable people in unsafe conditions that only create more violence and make our streets less safe? Minister of Housing. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. Um, as I've stated in this House before, during the pandemic, there was a lot of people that need, had needs, a lot of challenges that came out. We took action to ensure that every single unit we could get access to, that we made available to provide housing for people and provide the supports that those people needed, Honourable Speaker. We will never apologize for that. And in fact, I think that the opposition tell us what they would have done differently. Would they, have not, would they not have bought housing units that are available? Would they not have found everything that they could to get people housing? Honourable Speaker. Honourable Speaker, uh, it's, it's vitally important that we get people the housing and get them the supports they need. Honourable Speaker, I've had the opportunity to meet with many people that have found success in the supports we've provided. I was just recently in Vernon, Honourable Speaker, where I met a woman who was in an encampment thanks to the supports that we provided, was able to get into a shelter, was able to get into housing, Honourable Speaker. Members. Then, Honourable Speaker, get trained up and now is supporting people that are, in, that are struggling, Honourable Speaker. We have seen success, Honourable Speaker, and we're going to continue to help people to get the supports they need. Please continue. Honourable Speaker, uh, as I've highlighted, these are challenges being dealt with communities around North America. 
Uh, we are taking action here to provide housing for people. I again highlighted some of the um, successes. We were able to find housing for 90 people on the Hastings encampment. Uh, we were able to uh, provide yesterday shelters for everybody that needed it. Uh, we have 98 units now that have occupancy permit. We're going to be able to get additional people into those units. We have up to 330 units coming by the end of June. We have even more units coming this fall. Honourable Speaker, we're making the investments to ensure that people have the housing that they need. Member for Surrey South Supplemental. Yes, thank you, Mr. Speaker. You know what? I find it outrageous to hear the minister stand up and defend warehousing people in hotels. And you know, just to make this point, I'm going to read the Premier's quote that he gave today again and actually expand it with the detail that it really included. We have in the past moved people directly from encampments into housing without knowing who they were, what their backgrounds were, and it didn't end well, he said. We actually had to close a hotel in Victoria that we had leased because of that approach. Yep, and yet what he said is continuing to happen, and this minister is standing up and defending warehousing people. The Premier's plan to warehouse people with severe mental health and addictions issues leaves them vulnerable to crime and violence. The Chief of the Victoria Police, Del Mannix, said that drug dealers and criminals are now setting up operations right under BC Housing's nose. And I quote, most of these locations have criminals that are embedded within these locations that are exploiting people. Many of these supportive housing locations are not safe. End quote. Under this premier, it's now routine for firearms and drugs to be seized at BC housing locations. When will the premier get serious about public safety and stop warehousing vulnerable people without support in unsafe conditions? Minister of Housing. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. Um, the alternative to providing housing and mental health supports is having people living in encampments, Honourable Speaker. That's why we're providing the housing for people. That's why we're providing the mental health supports. Yes, I would agree with the member on one thing. There are people who prey on the most vulnerable. Yes, that exists. That happens in every community across the province, across the country, across North America, and parts of the world, Honourable Speaker. We're all in, in agreement that, that that kind of behavior is awful, Honourable Speaker. That's why it's important for us to ensure that these people have the supports they need. And often there's cases where Members, 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 members. These are complex situations, Honourable Speaker. This is very, very complex situations. Everyone has different needs. That's why we're building out the supports, Honourable Speakers, that people need. Again, uh, I know right now uh, the encampment uh, on Hastings Streets is top of mind for uh, everyone here. And I, again, I can share with members that we are able to get people shelter. We are able to get people into uh, new uh, renovated sites that we are bringing on. We have more units coming on board, Honourable Speaker. Uh, yes, we have stepped up and said we're going to take leadership because for decades nobody did, Honourable Speaker. Nobody said took leadership. Nobody said, you know what, these people deserve to have the supports that everybody else does. We believe that, Honourable Speaker, and that's why we're doing this work. Leader of the third party. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. I'm listening to the dialogue between uh, the government and official opposition. I'm hearing encampments, I'm hearing warehousing, I'm hearing shelters, I'm hearing units. I've not yet heard, heard the word homes. 
Yesterday, the Vancouver police swept through the downtown east side and cleared people off the street. This province has had an issue of homelessness for years, and over and over again, the response has been to clear the streets, and it's gotten us nowhere. There's already reports today that the police are back, removing tents that went up overnight. This government seems to have no real plan for homes, for housing people in a way that is sustainable, rehabilitative, and forward-looking, but others do. The Village Project in Duncan provides short-term housing with wraparound support for the most vulnerable people. People get their own space to call home, a door that locks. They get mental, physical, and spiritual support. They get food, they get other assistance, and they get a supportive community of peers. It has been successful. Where this government has failed to address homelessness, communities have found their own solutions. They've brought ideas to the table and are asking this Premier and this Minister for their support. My question, Honourable Speaker, is to the Premier. Will he commit on the record to come to the table and fund the communities that are creating solutions by building tiny home projects like the village in Duncan? Minister of Housing. Thank you, Honourable Speaker, um, and thank to the member for the question. $4.3 billion. We have part of our next three years to build housing for people, Honourable Speaker. That's $4.3 billion. Uh, this is a serious commitment to build the housing that people need. We've been having this discussion all week. We need housing for people that want to buy, from everything to people that, um, that are encampments that need that stability in their lives. Um, the member will know that we funded uh, projects in Port Alberni around tiny homes. Uh, we are looking for all innovative solutions that work for communities. We continue to do that work. I have meetings with mayors and from communities around the province. All of them have different ideas of how they think that they can address the challenges in their communities. And of course, I commit to working with all mayors to find solutions that work in every community. Leader of third party, supplemental. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. For the last two days at the UBCM Housing Summit, I heard from a lot of local elected representatives who said that they were coming forward to the provincial government, to BC Housing, to the Ministry of Housing, to the Minister, to the Premier, and they had solutions that were working for their communities on the ground, but they were encountering barriers, they were encountering lack of support, and they were encountering a situation where they weren't getting the funding for the, the solutions that they brought forward. These tiny home projects have demonstrated that what's needed is not just units or shelter or spaces or encampments. People need homes, they need community, they need supports, and the communities that are doing this are demonstrating that this does not have to be a forever emergency. We can solve homelessness. That has to be the goal. My question to you, Honourable Speaker, again to the Premier. The Minister of Housing mentions $4.3 billion, but the, the tiny village project in Duncan had to go right to the wire to find out whether or not the funding would be renewed again. They need consistent and sustainable support, as do the projects around the province that are providing the solutions. Will the Premier give a clear signal that he is serious about working with the communities, that he will fund these transitional housing projects? Minister of Housing. Uh, Honourable Speaker, uh, thank you again to the member for the question. Uh, I'm absolutely serious of working with local governments to find housing solutions. Uh, the member mentions uh, Duncan, uh, 281 units, not units, 281 homes. 
for people, Honourable Speaker. 66 have uh, opened up and 215 are under construction. These are homes for people in the members' community. Uh, and, th and that's what we're doing in every community, Honourable Speaker. And of course, uh, I have local mayors coming to me all the time saying, I've got an innovative solution. I think this would work in our community. Of course, we're going to work with everyone to find something that works within those communities. We're funding housing, Honourable Speaker, not only in municipalities, we're also funding housing on and off reserve for Indigenous populations. The only province in this country that have stepped up and said, you know what, we can't wait for the federal government anymore. We must build this housing. And we're investing in housing on reserve, Honourable Speaker. Housing that meets everyone's needs is our goal, and we're going to continue to work with all our partners to help address that challenge. Member for Caribou North. Mr. Speaker, small businesses in Quenelle are hanging on by a thread as a direct result of this Premier's soft-on-crime policies and total failure to provide the proper supports for people with mental health and addiction issues in our community. Willis Harper, Mamasias, Circle S, and the list goes on and on, are all reporting an increased violence, shoplifting, and attacks on staff. This week, I received a letter from the Quinell Downtown Association, and I quote, criminals are no longer hiding in the shadows. They operate in plain sight as there is little or no consequences for their actions. And the letter goes on. The added costs of theft, vandalism, security, and loss of production is both crippling our ability and will to survive." End quote. To the Premier, when is the Premier going to give these businesses financial support to offset their losses from his soft-on-crime policies? Minister of Public Safety. Thank you. Uh, Honourable Speaker, and I thank the member for the question. And um, I just want to, first off, reject the premise of soft on crime. The initiatives that I've outlined in this House over the last number of weeks have demonstrated beyond a doubt that this government is committed to keeping these, our communities safe wherever they are in British Columbia, where we've done a range of initiatives based on what police, have, police and policing agencies have asked for us to put in place, whether it is changing the criminal code, whether it is putting in place peer-assisted care teams to deal with those mental health calls, whether it is the expansion of the CAR program, for example. All of those things are designed to help police do and keep our communities safer, Honourable Speaker. We will continue to do that work because we know that that is what is going to succeed. Couple that with the programs that, that uh, on mental health and addictions and housing is a multi-pronged approach to deal with the situation that communities such as yours are facing, Honourable Speaker. We've been doing a lot of work. There's a lot more to do, but we're committed to doing it. Member for Kelowna West. <clears throat> Thank you, Mr. Speaker. The consequences of the Premier's catch and release system and his decision to warehouse people with severe mental health and addiction issues without supports are painfully evident. In Kelowna, BC Housing literally warehoused people with severe mental health and addictions in a former fruit packing warehouse. The results of the Premier's decisions or business break-ins in Kelowna are sky have skyrocketed 26%. Shoplifting incidents are up 17% just in 2022 alone. 
This is the experience one retail worker, and I quote, we are not just threatened, again yesterday, and it's not safe for anyone, not to mention all the customers we've lost. I have never seen or been so scared. This is just not right, end quote. Staff and business owners say the total disorder, crime and violence have grown exponentially and continue to get worse. When will the Premier give small business owners some desperately needed financial support and relief to mitigate the damages caused by the soft on crime policies? Minister of Public Safety. Thank you, uh, Honourable Speaker, and again, I thank the member for the question. Um, and again, I'll point out the work that's been underway, working with communities such as Kelowna, where I recently met with, uh, with the mayor of, uh, of, of the member's community to deal with some of the challenges that they're facing. Uh, and uh, we've got a good working relationship. That's why, Honourable Speaker, when these issues were being identified by local governments, the Premier, myself, and other ministers met uh, with, uh, with, the, uh, the, public, with the, the mayors of the large communities dealing with these, with these challenges facing and came up with a strategy that involved first off the Lepard-Butler report and then moving on from there to implement those recommendations at the same time working with police as I've outlined uh, on a number of occasions in this house recognizing that there's changes that needed to be put in place around the criminal code going to Ottawa, BC taking that leadership role to do just that and a commitment from the federal government to put in place changes that make it easier to keep repeat offenders off the streets uh, where they belong. At the same time, provincial initiatives that are seeing uh, 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 teams and hubs in more than 12 different communities around this province to deal with uh, many of the challenging offenders the member is talking about. Kelowna being one of those communities, along with Prince George, along with Nanaimo, um, along with Vancouver, uh, along with Terrace as well as working with police to ensure that they've got the human resources that they need. The largest single investment in policing in the history of this country uh, announced by the Premier. Money in the budget to do just that. Honourable Speaker, we are working as hard as we can and as diligently as we can, and we will continue to do that to ensure that our communities are kept safe. Member for Abbotsford South. Thank you very much, Mr. Speaker. Small businesses in Abbotsford as well are struggling to survive amidst the total chaos caused by this Premier's decision to warehouse people without supports and his catch and release system. These businesses are desperately seeking some financial relief. Staff at a local dollar store are scared to come to work as they deal with theft, threats and fear of attacks with weapons. Local business owner Paul Esposito says the level of violence is getting worse and worse and businesses in the area are having to deal with the costs of constant theft, smashed windows, fires, daily cleaning of human feces, urine and needles. He said just this past weekend alone the police were called five times and fire and paramedics arrive on almost a daily basis. When is this Premier going to deliver relief? for local businesses that are plagued by increasing crime and violence as a direct result of his soft-on-crime policies. Minister of Public Safety. Thank you, uh, Honourable Speaker. Uh, once again, I am just going to take issue with that statement of soft-on-crime policies because nothing could be further from the truth. 
Our justice system, our justice system is not a policy. Member, please continue. Thank you, Honorable Speaker. Our justice system is not a policy, Honorable Speaker. The Criminal Code of Canada is just that. It is laws put in place, Honorable Speaker. They are not policies decided on the whim of a Premier, Honorable Speaker. Uh, this government has taken action since the day it was first sworn in in 2017, Honorable Speaker. As I have outlined to this House on a number of occasions, we started in terms of dealing with the uh, guns and gangs challenge that we faced in this province, putting in place a witness protection program that's resulted in a significant increase in, 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 uh, in the conviction of those who have committed murder, Honorable Speaker, and they are now behind bars where they belong, Honorable Speaker. We've put in place a firearms lab, Honorable Speaker, forensic analysis of firearms, weapons uh, that were used to commit crimes in this province, Honorable Speaker, the first of its kind, so we weren't having to send them back east to Ottawa uh, and all the time that that took. Honorable Speaker, we've ensured that we've got Crown prosecutors that are working with police to build as strong a case as possible uh, when dealing with violent offenders. As I, I said again and again and again, it is this province that showed leadership in, in getting Ottawa to make commitments to change the criminal code so that we do uh, are able to deal with the consequences of the changes of Bill C-75 that was federal law that impacted the issue of bail, Honourable Speaker, and putting that reverse onus on those who would use knives, on those who use, use weapons, on those who've had a history of violence in the past, Honourable Speaker. That is action, Honourable Speaker, and this government is proud of every step of the way we've done it, and we will continue to do a lot more. Member for Prince George Wilmot. Well, thank you very much. Well, the Solicitor General might want to attempt to reject the concept of soft on crime, but maybe he should look a victim in the eye and say that. Every single day in this province, we hear stories of violent attacks, random violence, theft, an explosion, and the Minister of Housing should feel ashamed of himself. He stands up in this House failing to look at the fear, the anxiety, the chaos and the violence that exist every single day in this province. And what does he talk about? Success and how proud he is. Shame on that minister sure, for not paying attention. and Premier can continue to stand up and make comments like that all day, but they need to understand the reality that small business owners are facing, that victims are facing in British Columbia. And we should be perfectly clear. It is absolutely this Premier's soft on crime policies and his decision to warehouse some of the most vulnerable British Columbians without the supports they need that has led to an explosion of social disorder, theft, and violence, and that is squarely on the shoulders of this government. Maybe the Solicitor General would like to speak to this person. Last week, we learned of a man who walked into downtown Vancouver to a clothing store. He threatened to kill the staff with a knife, and then he robbed the store. The prolific offender was arrested four times during a three-week period, charged with theft, assault with a weapon, and two accounts of failure to comply. And guess what? He was released 
every single time and is back on the street today. That describes soft on crime in just about everybody's books. So when is the Premier going to at least acknowledge that they have failed abysmally and it is time for them to step up, help small businesses and support victims in British Columbia? Solicitor General. Thank you, uh, Honourable Speaker, and I appreciate the, uh, the question uh, from the member. Uh, and to suggest that we don't take those things seriously is simply wrong, and that Senate. member... And that member And we have concern for victims, Honourable Speaker. That's why, that is why, Honourable Speaker, we increased funding for victims of crime programs. Where were they when they cut it, Honourable Speaker? Speaker, let's Mem also be clear. Members, let us members, and, and let's hold, hold it. Members, question was asked. Let's hear the answer now, please. Okay. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. And that is exactly why, for those kinds of situations which we have seen uh, in this province and right across this country, Honourable Speaker, that this province led the way to get changes done on the criminal code to keep those kinds of people on the street, Honourable and that is why Member, we members, sought, members. that is why we Member. sought the commitment from the federal government to make Come the changes down. so that those kinds of individuals are not released honorable speaker they're kept off the street which was to see an expansion on the reverse onus so that so that it doesn't just cover firearms, Honourable Speaker, that it covers knives, that it covers weapons, that it covers those with a history who've engaged in that kind of behaviour before, Honourable Speaker. That's commitment from this side of the House to get those kinds of changes, Honourable Speaker, and whether it's keeping criminals off the streets or supporting victims, this government has a record that we will not back down from in terms of trying to keep our communities safe. The balance question period. 